0: Hello and welcome back to Houston, uh, no wait, not Houston, we have a podcast, oh my god, I already fucked it up, um, <laughs> the Fan and the Critic podcast, this is our second uh, episode as uh, as after our rebrand, so I apologize for, I'm sorry, NASA, don't sue me, um, but uh, we're joined as always, we have uh, Carson, who is your regular host, I'm taking Yo. over hosting duties, um, and we're joined by Mina, who you may remember from our infectious disease episode um and dan good old dan uh veteran of the podcast uh we've we've dragged him back uh so we can talk about some incredibly bad nonsensical movies um yeah we, I, I i i volunteered to to host today uh for no other reason than to implore the team which is basically carson that we should never do an Asylum Studios-based episode ever again. Um, This was by far the most painful episode that I've had to prepare for. Um, And uh, that's saying a lot because I don't often... Well, actually, it's not saying much because I don't often prepare, but it's still saying a lot because the movie that I have watched was absolutely terrible, Um, which is the point of the studio, I suppose. Um, But we'll get into that. Um, so what we did today, or what we did, uh, is uh, out of generosity, we we offered to uh, we teamed up um, or we paired up, and we we gave each other a movie to watch uh, from the extensive catalog of uh, of Asylum, um, and uh, and we watched them, and we're going to tell you what happened. Um, so I mean, before we get into that, let's. Uh, uh, I think Carson would like to say a few words about about this the studio. Uh, so, Carson, take it away.
1: <laughs> so, a little bit of history for uh, those of our fans out there that haven't listened to every single episode that we've done. Um, this is our second episode that we've done on Asylum Studios. Uh, we did one previously where we also watched four movies. Um, Dan, you were on that one. You watched some terrible movies with me. I watched, I think it was Atlantic Rim we both watched um which is the the mockbuster of Pacific Rim. Um it was terrible, but not in a terrible funny way. These movies are they're just boring. They're they're not you know, there's a lot of um YouTube channels or movie reviewers out there who find those entertainingly bad movies that you can laugh about and joke about with your friends. These are not those movies. These are just really poorly made kind of boring movies to talk about, so I will probably agree with you, Paulo, that we should not do a third episode. (laughs) Um, I'll quote myself in the intro to episode three when we eventually don't listen to ourselves and do that. Um, But before we talk about them, I'll give some kind of brief background behind Asylum. Um, They started out as a couple guys trying to make some cheap horror movies because they just wanted to get into the filmmaking industry um they then did a ripoff of war of the worlds which got a lot of attention and tricked a lot of people in the news to thinking that it was the actual war of the worlds movie uh with tom cruise that was coming out that same year and they said hey this is it this is what we got to do we got to make fake movies (laughs) that are uh, copies of movies coming out um so they've done that but then they also got some acclaim with the sharknado series and so that's kind of their second type of movie that they have they have their blockbusters and then they have their big creatures which you know Uh, creatures appeal to international audiences. And I think that's a big part of what the studio is, is being just financially sustainable enough to keep producing movies. Um, I did some research to find out how profitable this movie is. Apparently not a single movie that they've ever done has ever lost money. They are very profitable. And the way that they do that is because they basically make a movie in 30 days. They come up with the title and the poster first they give it to a director and they said, you are making this movie. You got, you know, 30 days to shoot it. We have our team of people in the studio, kind of like professional editors or sound people that are just cranking out editing, like doing the post-production on these movies as fast as possible. So they, they keep their costs low and they churn out just enough profit to keep doing it over and over and over again. Um, I'm going to go a little bit into, as we review some of these movies, um, cause the first episode we did was kind of in the, kind of mid-2000s movies, and I've now watched some movies that were actually came out last year, and I've noticed some, some changes in, I don't know if you'd call them improvements or not, um, <laughs> but changes in the way that their movies have come out. So um, I'll mention that trend as we go, but I, I think that's an important thing to keep in mind when you're talking too harshly about these movies is that someone made this in 30 days. They had whatever props were around, they had whatever sound effects are on, whatever tool that they bought their sound effects from they're not making sound effects um their visual effects are whatever is available to them and they are just churning that out as quickly and efficiently as possible which explains the end result carson
2: do you know where they shoot them is it in the u.s
1: they're in hollywood oh it is in hollywood (laughs) which is where they get a lot of their um be actors who are trying to do something because they just have that I don't want to call it talent but quote-unquote talent at their disposal to just get people to quickly make a movie for them
3: do you think it also makes sense for why they're gaping potholes sometimes do they also (laughs) write the script in 30 days or is that oh
1: yeah no it's like they have to churn (laughs) it out as quickly as possible and if it doesn't make sense it's like just think about if you had 30 days to make a movie And that's basically who's making these movies, which gives me hope that one day I (laughs) can write a script. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But no, it's funny. There's actually like a few articles about the company. Um, There's like a GQ article that did a whole rundown on them. And they talked about some of the actors that come back and do roles for them. And and one of the guys was basically like, yeah, every time, anytime I like need something new for my house, I'll just go do a movie. And he's like, this movie (laughs) I did was really garbage, but hey, I got a new bookshelf out of it and that's all I really did it for. it's like, okay. Um, but I, I think I do, I appreciate them a little more having researched it a little bit because I, I researched them with the expectation that I would find something sleazy that we could talk about and kind of laugh about, but they just seem like guys who want to make movies and they don't have a lot at their disposal and they're just trying to do the best they can. And, you know, over the course of 20 years, they've gotten a little bit better. So kudos to them on the, the business efficiency model, um, their movies are still terrible they still suck like i'm not gonna say (laughs) otherwise um but tiny bit of appreciation for them i'm not gonna like shit on the people too much
0: i will say like i because i I did a bit of research on them as well like i looked at their twitter and everything and they do seem to i i don't know if it's kind of a weird balance i guess i don't know if they actually care about it or it seems like they care maybe more so now about the movies that they're making. And they're like, like you said, they're having fun doing it more power to them. Um, still hate it. They Um, they seem
1: like they care about the people. Like they have a lot of recurring people that are on and like Michael Ironside, he just passed away. He did like six or seven movies with them. And so like, he was a, a person that they knew that they worked with. And so there was that personal connection there. Um, it's not just like, Oh, we need to get Michael Ironside because people know his name. It's like, yeah, they, they knew him. They were friends with him. It seems like.
2: So yeah. what do you guys, what do you guys think about the idea? This is a friend of mine uh, mentioned this to me because he worked in a, um, a, a used movie store, used video store way back in the day when those things were still around VHSs. Uh And he said that, you know, grandmas would, would come back to the store and uh, they, they, she'd be like, oh, I got tricked. This is, I was looking for transformers, not transmorphers. And so, so, you know, he was thinking that it, it Maybe this is way back in the day when they started, but it was like a deliberate scam to get people to like buy the the movie thinking that it was the real thing. I don't which know, is, that kind of goes yeah, against I mean, what it, you were it reading is about like, them.
0: It's but... blatantly what they're doing,
2: yeah. I mean, for a, a lot
0: of them. They have, like, obviously there's the, the, I'll say unique ideas like Sharknado and, right. I guess, Two-Headed Shark Attack, which is the one that I watched, right. stuff like that. They have that, but then they also have, like, the mockbusters, as Carson mentioned, like those are specifically made to be a play on or a copy the, the real of the real movie. Blockbuster that's coming out at the time. And I also like I guess the timeline also uh adds up because they'll find out, okay, this movie's coming out uh in the next couple at months time, we have thirty days y- to make yeah, this to, to release it at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That's hilarious. I pieces are think... all coming together. <laughs> I bet you they make more money off the mockbusters than the. Actually, I don't know. Sharknado seems well, Sharknado's like a exception. popular one. Yeah, uh, difficult they, to say. They do. They
0: have a bit of a following now, I will say. Um, and I also thought it was interesting, um, it, or kind of ironic that uh, I think War of the Worlds was the first one, Carson.
1: Yeah.
0: That you said that they made, which like it's kicked off this whole mockbuster thing, when like back in the day it wasn't War of the Worlds, um. There's like a a story about how it was played on the radio um, as like a, I don't know. They're telling the story of War of the Worlds on the radio, and then people were freaking out, thinking that
2: aliens were actually invading. Yeah. Yeah, they thought the Martians had actually landed. But but the funny thing is, the radio uh, production it wasn't intended to fool anybody. Uh, Yeah, exactly. It it
0: just it just yeah. So they're like they're modern day, uh, I don't know, or some
1: who did. Yeah. Um... Yeah. It's but like yeah, no, it's of funny. Works. I've read of, like multiple articles, articles, with them where they said they hate the term "mockbuster." That they would prefer to say that they are tie-ins to existing movies.
0: Oh, fuck off!
3: <laughs> that's, that's absolutely a bit much.
2: Yeah,
3: I mean, I respected them up until that point. I had to say I appreciate the hustle of trying to make a movie in thirty days. You know, Mina's it's like, like a nuts to them. model. Yeah, you know, it's like a startup model. <laughs> it's like yeah, a startup company. You're gonna try and take a chunk of the market. But to say that you're, you know, just as good.
0: Before, yeah, before we all start ripping into like the movies that we watched, I'll get my I'll get my props out of the way and just be like, I'll, I'll treat this, I guess, in the back of my mind, like like a UFC fighter. I can talk all the shit I want about like these guys that like they'll they'll fight in the cage, but it'll be a boring fight. But I've never gotten in there and done it. So, yeah, good. Good job making those those 30 day movies, guys.
1: Look, I, uh, for an amateur UFC fighter, I would definitely say, like, the worst UFC fighter would still kick my ass. I think I could act better than some of these people. And I'm not, a, I, I can't act like I don't know, this you, shit. Carson?
2: Car- Carson
0: could play a, a, a some specific
1: I, okay, characters. Okay, okay, I'll change that. I could write a better script in 30 days than some of these okay. scripts.
0: Okay, okay, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I I think I it think. also has to do. We'll we'll get into this as well. But like with direction, I mean, with the time limit, I don't I don't know if they have enough. They'll obviously not take too long on a certain scene, and okay, this is good enough. Let's move on. Type thing, you know. Yeah.
1: The, the last comment I have before we kick off the movies is I I read a there was an article where they said the CEO he was known for making actors cry with some of the like feedback he had in scenes, like harsh criticisms of their work. And I was what? just thinking, like, I don't think anyone in any of these productions has ever given feedback to anyone else. <laughs> they shoot, they do it once, and it's whatever it is, they're moving on. So I could never find any second article that referred that point again, but I did see it on one and I laughed. Um, okay, I think
0: let's... it was the one movie that David O. Russell did for them.
1: It's probably because he was notoriously... Did David O. Russell actually do a movie for them?
0: no he didn't i i just <laughs> it's a very obscure reference that i just uh i heard that he was like um abusive to his actors type
1: thing yeah he's an asshole Um uh, okay so going first uh paulo you're going to talk about your movie but the way we're going to do this is um actually didn't explain this part each of us have <laughs> recommended a movie to someone else here so we didn't get to choose our own movies of what we got to watch someone else watched it uh, so Mina, you recommended uh, a movie for Paulo. So why don't you explain uh, why you picked what you did, and then Paulo, you'll tell us all about the movie. Okay, great. Yeah, thanks, Carson. So I picked for
3: Paulo Two-Headed Shark Attack, and reason is pretty simple. You know, I'm not a complex guy. I mean, I know Asylum Studios is known for being low budget. Although this is, you know, been a great conversation. Definitely been educated on the process. But anyways, knowing that they're not great movies, I thought I'd be a little bit nice to Paul and at least give him some eye candy. So <laughs> notably, uh, you know, Car- Carmen Electra's in there. Plus there's a scene this is not a spoiler of anything plot. Wait, Carmen
2: Electra? Yeah, she's in she it. Is, she's in she it. is
3: in that movie. Yeah. What? Also there's a scene where there's like a threesome kind of well I, I won't say it, it doesn't get that far, but there's Don't worry, I'll
0: stuff. I'll I'll describe that in, in detail
3: for you. So, Paul's a good friend, and I want to be a little bit nice. But that, that, that's really the rationale there. But, yeah, Paul, go for it. What, what I appreciate
0: think? the thought, Mina.
3: I, I appreciate
0: the intention. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I think what what we got was, was not, um, it's not what you were hoping for. Um, I also need to give you your shout out, you know, for actually watching the movie that you gave me because I was, there, there was no chance I was going to watch the movie I gave you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as you've mentioned, Carmen Electra is in this movie halfway through the movie. She seems to forget that she's in the movie, but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll give a, a an overview of the plot of two headed shark attack. Um, the plot is that there's a two-headed shark and it's attacking people. Um, that that's it. Um, it's it's the Banshees of Inishirin of the Asylum, uh, <laughs> where Banshees of Inishirin, these two friends are not friends anymore. Uh, this is two two-headed shark are not friends with people and they eat them. Um, so I, I tried. I took notes <laughs> watching this and I'm gonna try my best to make this make sense. As I go through, um, as I as I talk about this movie, but basically, um, what I found was that um, th- this movie was an excuse to, or it was a, it was a it's an exercise in writing to find ways to have two people at the same time in the water, so that two heads of a shark could eat them both at the same time. That's the whole extent of why it matters that there's a two-headed shark. There's no it doesn't matter like no one says why there's the two-headed shark not even a hint doesn't matter why it's there it's eating people um, and the, the the explanations that we are given for for certain things are are not not explanations at all but anyways uh, we start on a, on a boat um, which appears to be like a party it's like a frat party on a boat which is nice you know you got the eye candy that Mina promised me when he offered this movie to me um and they're all they're all chilling and i'm like okay yeah these people are having a party on a boat this is cool um and then um this uh what's his name charlie o'connell who you may recognize from uh i don't know what was he was he he was in a scream movie wasn't he like a long time ago one of them
1: when i hear that name like i imagine someone's face and i'm just i'm thinking that's him but i'm probably wrong
0: Uh, he was, he was in dude. Where's my car? He was in cruel intentions. He was in the new guy. He's a, he's a familiar face. He's one of those like, Oh, like he's, he's snapped familiar. Like you snap your fingers. Like I know him. Um, so he's apparently a teacher. Um, and these people are not on a party boat. They are in a college class. Um, and he starts teaching them how to use a sextant. Um, which if you're not, it's like one of those mid, uh, not medieval, but like old timey navigational, uh, nautical things.
2: Yeah. I think it, they had in the middle ages.
0: Okay. Sure. Does not matter? Because it never comes up again. There's no reason why they have to be on a class other than to get them on a boat in the sea. Um, so there's your first, uh, your, your expe- expectations are subverted immediately because you think they're on a party and they're no, they're in a college class. Um, meanwhile, some of they're throwing around beach balls and like there's one guy that you can tell he's supposed to be the uh, the douchey gym guy because he he brought a dumbbell with him on the boat and his protein shake, which he has a he conveniently has a, a an alarm on his cell phone that'll be important later, by the way. He has an alarm on his cell phone to tell him when to take his protein shake. So he, and his collar is popped, so you know he's supposed to be the douchey guy. Um, And then you have the guy who's supposed to be the nerd who knows everything. And then you have Brooke Hogan, um, who's uh, the daughter of Hulk Hogan, um, who is there uh, to be eye candy. You have Carmen Electra, who's you're not quite sure why she's there yet. And then um, these two, I think they're like Indonesian or something or some sort of Spanish or Latino, you don't really know what language they're speaking. I'm not going to hate on the language. It sounds like they're actually speaking a different language, like a real language. Um, but anyways, those are the, those are the main players. And then you have some like ditzy girls and that's it pretty much. Um, so yeah, they're, um, they, out of nowhere, they hit a shark. I think it's not the two headed shark, but they hit a shark with the boat and then the boat breaks down. Um, so they're stranded in the ocean and, um, uh, the, 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 the one of the ladies who's on the boat, she like, she's like, okay, I have to go fix the boat. Um, so she goes. She scuba dives, or she's about to go fix the boat, and then Carmen Electra talks to her, and she's like, "Oh my God, are you sure? Like, be careful down there." And then after that, she does not care that her friend has gone to fix the boat. She goes and models. Like, there's like a uh, rock music playing, and she just goes. On, she just strips down and goes to the front of the boat and just like she's literally modeling for no one. There's no one there, and th- it's literally just for you, the viewer. To enjoy Carmen Electra. Um, you still don't know why she's there, by the way. Um, and then um, the um, the students all decide the students and the teacher they all decide to go to an island for some reason. Uh, there's well, there's no reason actually. They decide to go to a nearby island, and they're like, oh, maybe we'll find some some scrap metal or something to help with the repairs of the boat. I don't know. Makes sense, I guess. So they get into smaller boats, they go to the island, and then <laughs> one thing that I remember vividly is that this one of the girls is like, look, she's pointing at the island, she's look, civilization! And then the camera cuts to like 10 sticks that are just propped up against each other in like a, like a teepee shape. Uh, but uh, anyways, they get to this island and then for the next hour or so, it's just them walking in the forest. Uh, so it's a two-headed shark attack movie where the entire cast is walking in the forest for a, a good hour um, so I'm gonna pause here <laughs> um, I, I think this is where um, you get into the really good stuff of like the, the there's some of the students that just randomly decide to have a threesome in the on the beach uh, that's fun and they get eaten um, doesn't really matter about them
2: wait wait a minute wait wait how do they get eaten like when or they're on
0: at land? time, one they, girl they per her mouth. They, <laughs> yeah. So they—they—they're they, they're like these students have apparently never met each other before, but the guy just convinces these two girls, like, "Hey, let's go have a let's go skinny dipping and have a threesome on the oh, beach." So they're all right. standing in knee-deep water, where somehow a giant two-headed shark <laughs> comes and <laughs> eats comes them from the legs up. Yeah. Oh. Um. I, I so have that, a question. That was fun. Yeah. Go
1: ahead. Were the boat scenes actually on the water? or were they like filmed in a parking lot on top of somebody's boat
0: no they're they're actually i'll give them credit the boat is actually in the water in a lake somewhere i don't know that's better than Um, i thought yeah no they have really they have really cool drone shots of the boat on the water um but that's it um everything with the shark and i noticed this actually this is an important point um Everything where you actually see the shark is either – it's CGI where you – it's not only CGI, but you can't see anything because I guess they didn't – I don't know if they didn't have the money or the time to actually render a CGI shark. Um, uh, So you don't really see the shark or see what's happening when the shark is supposed to be on screen uh, while it's on screen. Um, But anyways – so those three get eaten. Uh, the rest of the students are walking in the forest and it's clear that they have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. Like not even just as characters in the movie, there is no direction given to them. They're walking in like, it's supposed to be some abandoned fishing village and there's like props there. So you can, I'm just watching them like, Oh, look at like they're picking things up and like they, they have no idea what to do. And then the, the, they all decide to split up for some reason. And then one girl goes into a shed she finds a gun um, for no reason, and there's absolutely no reaction on her face. It's supposed to be like dramatic, like "Oh my god, a gun!" But she's just like, "Okay," and she puts it in her bag. Um, that'll be important later too. Uh, remember the gun. Um, and then uh, what else happens? Oh, okay. So um, there's um, there there's a uh, the, oh yeah, sorry. The captain who's gone into the into the water to fix the boat, she gets eaten by the shark, um, and no one really cares or asks about her. Um, even Carmen Electra, who was like fi- a minute ago, like, oh, don't do it, be careful, and then she started modeling. She clearly doesn't care. Um, and then on back on the island, for some reason, the sh- or I might have seen this wrong, but I think the shark started hitting the
3: island from below and yes.
0: like started causing earthquakes on the island. This is um, real.
3: This happened. You, you, yeah. you, this, yeah, that, that was the very <laughs> real part of the- I
0: thought I like hallucinated that, but basically the shark is actually shaking the island, uh, from the ocean. Holy and hell. it's, it's funny because like when they're supposed to be shaky cam, so the shark hits the island, you see the camera completely still, and everyone is like, whoa, <laughs> like pretend, like trying to act like there is an earthquake, but there's like nothing is moving. Um, so uh,
2: and this is like this is trying to lead. So to get th- them... they couldn't even they couldn't even shake the camera. Uh, apparently not. They, to they, make they it ran look. out
0: of time in the 30 days <laughs> to shake the camera. Um, so um, it's like so this is like slowly escalating, I guess. Um. And then Brooke Hogan, meanwhile, she goes off on her own and then she's with some other random girl who you don't even know her name. Um, And then she's like, she, they, they start, they become friends for some reason. Brooke opens up to her about like, um, I, I, I have some childhood trauma about the water. I don't remember what it was about. I don't care. Uh, But it's important to the story, apparently. (laughs) Um, And then. Uh, They find some boats on the island, some motorboats. They have a boat race. Um, Oh, sorry, the boats, they make it very clear that these boats run on gas because they had to find, like, uh, gas uh, barrels. So they fill up the boats, they go for a boat race, and then uh, one guy falls out of the boat, um, and then he gets eaten by the shark, uh, which is, like, uh, fine. He gets eaten by the shark, and then the shark... They're trying to explain this, like the students are watching this happen from the shore, and then they say, like, oh, they're they're narrating for us, like, oh, they they now the shark's chasing the bigger boat because it's giving off, uh, I don't know, like a electromagnetic pulse. Like the nerd is saying this, he's saying, oh, the the boat is giving it a a, a bigger electromagnetic field, so it's chasing the boat. Um, and then the god sounds like Star Trek and and technobabble.
2: <laughs> it's making yeah. stuff up <laughs>
0: it, they they are I think they were writing it as they were acting like these people like the, the actors were writing the story as the scene was going um, so the, the douchey guy he's on the bigger boat and he jumps off the boat because I guess he realizes that the shark is chasing the boat but the shark doesn't eat him it continues chasing after the boat it eats the boat and the people die um, and then they go back to the the island I think Um, and then, yeah, they go back to the island, more earthquakes, more walking around. Um, uh, and then they, they try to figure out what to do, I guess. Um, and then they're they're like freaking out because the island is getting worse. Like the earthquakes are getting worse. And they all, there's one scene where they're all standing in a circle, like each student they're standing in a circle and the, the camera is just going around and like taking turns, like, okay, you say your line you say your line and the line is like, what do we do now? I don't know. Oh my God, there's lions shaking. And it's just that for another like 10 minutes. So that was fun. Um, And then uh, the, the boat, like the main boat that they came on, uh, like that gets destroyed by the shark, I think, or it gets damaged by the shark. And I'm sorry, I'm getting tired. Just, just (laughs) um, explaining this, but, Basically, um, the the shark manages to destroy the island finally, <laughs> somehow. Mm. And then the the people are running again. And you finally, at, I think it's at this point that you finally realize that Carmen Electra was there because she's a doctor. Um, and this is, mind you, this is like three quarters of the way through the movie. So that was the whole reason she was there. She's running with the teacher. Um, and then they reach the edge of the water because like the island's uh, sinking, I guess. They reach the beach, and then there's a tidal wave, I think, coming for them. Um, and then they kiss, for some reason, and then they die. There, there's no if, if you're if you're keeping up with me, between Carmen Electra and the teacher, there is no relationship between the two of them. But they kiss right before they die. Um, and then um, they uh, the the shark attacks them because the 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 Island's flooded now, but it's really just, like, the cast standing in, like, out on the beach. Clearly, it's clear that the, the camera is set up on the sand and it's pointing out to the water and they're just standing in the water. Um, and then the shark attacks them again. Um, two or three of the cast just disappear from the movie, like they're never shown again, and it doesn't show the shark eating them. And then they blow up the shark with, like, a, a gas barrel. Um, uh, and that takes out one of its heads. And then... They send a boat as a decoy for the shark to chase after, and then the shark bites it, and then that boat explodes, even though the shark has eaten, like, three boats before this. But that one blows it up, and then the movie ends. Wait, So, so who, who lived? Um, who survived? Brooke Hogan and the nerdy guy, I think, are the Oh, only nerdy two.
2: guy survived.
0: Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, like, three or four of the, of the students that were still in the movie at this point, and they just, like, I, I guess they had other things to do and they just never appear in the movie again yeah um how long that must have been an incredibly long time i'm sorry everyone but i needed to you to feel my pain um,
2: uh, we felt it
1: <laughs> i want to go back to the part where the the shark is bumping into the island because i'm not getting past <laughs> that part is there like do they have the island that looks like a an iceberg where it's just a piece of land floating in the water, where it's bumping into the bottom, or...
0: I think that's an apt description of what I thought I saw. Um, it's like just land, like it's it's underwater, and then there's like land there, I guess. It's like, I don't know. Like, you know those, when you're in a cave and there's like those sharp things hanging from the ceiling? It looks Are like that, but underwater.
1: mites? Yes.
0: mites or stalactites? Yeah, whatever that is. Never. Um, oh, I said the gun was important. Sorry, I just remembered. I said the gun that the girl found they was couldn't important. Couldn't have been that important. Jeez. She, it's well. Spoiler alert: It's not. She shoots at the shark for a second, and then she dies. Um, that was the whole point of the gun, but what they about focused on. What the alarm
1: on, it. on the guy's phone?
0: Oh, the alarm <laughs> on the guy's phone. Uh, during the boat race, or like when he, I, I think he like. After the boat res- race, he goes into the water somehow and then um, I guess it's – it meet, like the shark doesn't know he's there yet and then his phone goes off because it's time to take his protein and then it alerts the shark to his presence and B- then it eats
2: it. Here I <laughs> yeah. am. Eat me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, so how well, long I'm, was oh. – I, I will say one good thing about the movie. Um, uh, near the end, it – they actually made it. It looks like they actually made a shark head or like a double shark head, um, like a, a practical one, like, like a not practical a practical effect. Yeah, oh. not a CGI one, which like was cool. Um, they they How ate did they a make couple it? people with it. I don't know. It's like, like out rubber of paper or, something. Mache or
2: something. Oh, okay.
0: I don't know. It actually looks decent. They could have done that instead of. I, I guess they were making it during the first half of the movie, and it was finally ready when they were filming the second half. Because that's, that's the only good, time it
2: appears. That's a good uh, theory, right? Goes with the thirty-day yeah. time limit
1: thing. Yeah. Or, or maybe they were they built it ahead of time and they realized that it didn't move or like didn't fit most of the scenes that they were doing, so they just kind of fit it in at the end.
0: I, I guess I don't because the the first time you see it is Brooke Hogan is supposed to be like sacrificing herself, so she swims right up to it where everyone else has been eaten by doing that. She swims up to it, and then she's, like, in between the two shark heads. And she's, like, fighting it, and they're just kind of, (laughs) like, waving
3: around. Um, Question for you, actually, Paulo. Were you disappointed at the amount of time that had to pass before two people separately got eaten by the two-headed shark? I personally was a little bit impatient. I was hoping that (laughs) would happen much sooner, but... uh...
0: You, You know, I mean... I, I think at least it was around thirty minutes in where my face was just in my hands. So uh, I don't even remember. <laughs> Paul,
2: Paula, when did that movie when did that movie come out? This was in twenty twelve. Um Okay. That's I I'm bet I'm betting this might be the oldest one. Possibly. Out of the movies out, we've out of our watch. It yeah, might have yeah. been. It is a pretty
3: old movie actually.
0: Yeah, well, I gotta say, mean, the, the boob to quality ratio was was not that great. But I mean, I appreciate the intention.
3: Well, <laughs> wait till you get to the rest of them. I think you at least had boob.
1: <laughs> the boob to um, quality
3: ratio in the rest of them is zero. <laughs> so actually, yeah, that may, that's that's true.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I was actually kind of surprised by that because when we did the first episode of the asylum, I actually ended up watching like six different asylum movies. I don't know why I was bored at that time. Um, and all of them were very PG. Like that was one thing I noticed is like they never wanted to put any boobs or any violence in it because I, I assumed they wanted it to be as available to all viewers as possible. Um, but then you are saying yours had nudity and actually mine had nudity as well. Um, and I guess they, they dabble in that in certain movies. I, I guess um, if they could convince one of their actors to do it.
0: They got one of the yeah. They got one of the girls to do, no. Sorry, two. It was
3: the threesome scene. It was a threesome I, scene. I remember it before the two girls got <laughs> He's eaten. like, "It's the
2: <laughs> thing I remember." It's the only
3: part of the movie that I thought was worth watching. Quite frankly, Anyways. it probably was. <laughs> um, but yeah. Should um, we give a, a rating system at the end? How how do we like uh, finish it but, off?
0: I no, I'm not even gonna bother rating it. It's bad. The, like the the rating is bad
1: out of ten. <laughs> is it in the worst like five movies you've ever seen?
0: Yeah. It's it <laughs> worst two. It's it's in the top two of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um like going back to what Carson said, like it's not it's not even funny to watch. Like it's not so bad, it's funny. It's like just, the room. It's just boring. Like going back to um like a good hour of the movie is
2: them walking around on a, in a forest. Um where it's a right. shark attack movie. That's I've noticed that asylum movies they they tend to like kill time with yeah. certain things like like that. Yeah. And yeah. I mean it probably has to do with their budget as well. Like they
0: can't yeah, I, I don't know if they can't afford the CGI to show a full on shark yeah. attack That's... Uh, to animated shark attack, stuff like that. Like I get yeah. it. But then, I was gonna bring that up with mine,
1: that yeah, also it's
0: the lack of budget.
1: Well, maybe this is that'll where my be... patience
0: ends though. Like with like all the, the props that we gave them at the beginning about like, hey, they, they, they're they want to make movies and they have a low budget and they have a really short time frame. Um like and they're they're doing it, but like they're doing it, but half of the movie is nothing. Like it's literally nothing. So it's just I don't
1: things know. happening. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's not even things happening. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> right yeah.
1: All right, I'm going to use that opportunity to segue um into our next movie unless you have any final comments Paula. Uh
0: no, I don't. I'll, I'll uh, I guess I'll tee up Mina's movie, um the the one that I offered Mina. Um uh I I suggested Jurassic Domination, not to be confused with Jurassic Park Jurassic, sorry, Jurassic World Dominion. Um, because I asked a very important question to Mina at the beginning of this. I said, do you want some CGI nonsense or something a little different? And he said, CGI nonsense. So I, I thought this would fit the bill. Um, I, absolutely, I know absolutely nothing else about it except, uh, what's his name? Uh, Eric Roberts, who is another yeah. one of those, like, oh, I think I know that guy. Um, I think he was in a, a music video with Justin Timberlake one time
1: yeah he was a bad guy um, it, in a it, lot of like late 90s movies
0: yes yes oh he's bad he's the bad guy in uh, expendables
1: also right? in the dark knight he's uh
3: Eric Roberts he's like one, is one of the, the mafia Italian. guys yeah, yeah yes,
2: yes yes wait yes. wait i can't believe he's in it he's in mine I, he's in I one was, of you know, mine i was gonna mention him so he's probably <laughs> I mean, one of friends, it. like
3: one of
0: those <laughs> recurring guys yeah
3: but um falling on tough times maybe <laughs>
0: he needed a bookshelf
3: yeah he um he can't can't afford his bookshelf
0: but uh yeah and i mean there there was like dinosaurs it looked like there might be some action it's one of the newer ones i think it was 2022 that it came out um so i thought at least there might be some enjoyment no boobs but enjoyment
3: yeah okay no thanks for the introduction paulo I, i will preface this by saying i was hoping to see the cgi just to really see like you know knowing that it's low budget how bad it would be it did meet my expectations of being that bad, so <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I'll give. I'm not gonna go into that much detail. I really would like to focus on some of the more of the pain parts of it as I go along with the plot. So the way the movie starts is basically, you know, very cliche. Two soldiers driving a truck. Some, you know monster something growling in the back it's called Jurassic Domination so you know it's a bloody dinosaur (laughs) but anyways, they don't show it yet, but you know it is anyways, a minute in for some reason, which is still I I watched it over to try and understand if I'm missing, but the dinosaur just breaks out of the cage somehow, tears through basically the three soldiers that were like, you know there's one guarding the, the cage and the two people in the front seat and then the dinosaur escapes, although they don't show it's a dinosaur yet. OK, that's the first like five minutes of the movie. It's supposed to, you know, pipe you up, make it like intense, <laughs> like there's something building. It doesn't really build that much, but we'll get to it. It, it clips over to a scene of the army base where they, you find out that they're breeding dinosaurs um, and they're allosaurus. The one thing I will say, kudos to this movie for actually teaching me what an allosaurus was. I thought they made it up. <laughs> Maybe it's just me. I'm not, you know, I'm not very dinosaur. It's a real dinosaur. Yeah, no. So I, I learned something. I, I will give, you know, kudos to Asylum Studios for teaching me about a as- Allosaurus. So, anyways, um, you find out that they're breeding dinosaurs. Meanwhile, the one dinosaur escaped, is wrecking its way through, you know, suburban, you know, neighborhoods in uh, the U.S., like eating people up. The military's like, we gotta get a handle on this. It's starting to kill people. Like, let's lock it down and basically like contain the situation. The colonel, or like you know, the the head colonel in charge is actually Eric Roberts, who basically is in one room for the entire movie, and he just <laughs> has he has four four phone calls. He's like, get it done. Like that, that's that's like that it mirrors honestly. real life. Come on. <laughs> get it done. Basically, which is kind of funny. Anyways, the dinosaur you find out is trying to get back to the mom that's being, you know, bred because of, you know, pheromones. You find out that these are actually super smart dinosaurs that are bred in South America somewhere for military purposes. And the U.S. military captured them with the goal of saving soldiers' lives. Because why would you use soldiers? You can just launch this fucking dinosaur instead. So, I Fuck mean... Fuck yeah, man. smart. Yeah.
2: I mean, not really. Sounds but like, smart, <laughs> anyway. Yeah.
3: yeah, except for the fact that it literally eats its way through, like, half a yeah, city. Yeah, except anyway. it eats you, too. Yeah. So, <laughs> not
2: just the bad guys.
3: <laughs> yeah. So, what happens is they bring in the special ops team. Three guys that are trying to basically contain it. Eric Roberts on several calls, is very strict. Do not kill the dinosaur. We want it alive, okay? And they're very, very strict. As the movie progresses, more and more people in the military base get fucked up and eaten, okay? So, but Eric Roberts, you know, true to his word, is like, this is a priority. we got to keep a handle on this. Eventually, the, the base is in disarray. There's the three special ops guys all of a sudden, one of them is like, "I'm actually an explosives expert." Like, fuck, could have been remembered. useful. He just remembered. Yeah, <laughs> could have been useful, like you know, an hour ago through the movie. <laughs> so what they do is they plant a claymore and they try and lure the allosaurus towards them. The dinosaur is actually somehow smart. Sees the claymore. It's
2: South South American.
3: Yeah, Wait, I guess, that's yeah. smart. Picks a trash can. The Claymore blows up, and the dumbass explosives officer, who you think, like, would know how explosives <laughs> work, dies from his own Claymore, which Wait, actually... Wait, was he standing in the blast radius? He, he was, like, around the corner, but, like, the dinosaur kicked the trash can at the Claymore, and it was like, yeah. Wait, did, like, did he <laughs> kick the,
0: cl- like, the trash can hit the Claymore, and then the Claymore flew to the yeah. guy?
3: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is... Take with that what you will. I mean, <laughs> I will say, as crazy as that sounds, I kind of found it a little bit entertaining. Hence the CGI nonsense that I was saying at the beginning. Like
1: this is the there sort of shit
3: I was looking for. So you know, right on par. Anyways, eventually what happens is you know they're they're down a man. They're like, okay, we can't kill this thing. They're all freaking out, including the special ops soldiers. So what do we do? As so happens, one of the scientists, who's a hot blonde lady, is like, "Go in the lab. I have these guns that you can shoot them with, and they're like some. It sends out like an electromagnetic pulse to just stun them. Okay.
0: I feel it's like, like I've silent... school... <laughs> no love <laughs> movies pulse. like when they don't know what to do. Electromagnetic pulse. Electro... Uh, electromagnetic pulse on the shark. Yeah, it's interesting that yeah it's, works every time.
3: Yeah, the funny thing is, actually, is they try and corner it. They shoot the gun. You're only allowed one, like, it it only shoots one shot after that. Like, you have to, like, recharge it. So, like, they're fucked. And then, they (laughs) basically, they both shoot it. Nothing happens. And then they're just like, okay, what do we do? They run away. Another man gets eaten. So, now they're really, like, you know, they're running on fumes here. The doctor's like, all right, go back to the lab. I have some quartz. Put the quartz in the gun, and it'll let you shoot more than one shot at a time. But they only had one gun that could do this, okay? Anyways, they have now these supercharged guns. Meanwhile, the Isle of has already breached the, you know, breached the gates, so to speak, freed its mom, and there were eggs there, and some of the eggs hatched. So Wait, little... free its mom? Yeah. You just said so that it's... really quick. <laughs> Freed its mom. He freed so there, its, there's yeah, a like,
2: mama, Allosaurus?
3: There's the mom that was there to breed. Oh, so the one that was rampaging oh, The rampaging its mother. Exactly. Which had
0: already laid some eggs.
3: Yes, exactly. Okay. So, the whole family's free now, okay? And now they have this gun that is like ideally the perfect weapon. The gun actually ends up working. They blow one of the, you know, one of them, their heads off. Okay, so they're like, okay, this shit works. They're trying to run around. Now it's basically just like the hot doctor lady, one of the other, uh, you know, like, yeah, because there's a hot doctor lady. Yeah, I appreciate that. Then there's, um, yeah, because why not? Then there's this other female officer who is kind of being the, the in charge of the special ops and the last special ops guy. They're trying to go around and like you know contain the situation. They told Eric Roberts, you know, one of the, the dinosaurs is down. We killed him. What are we going to do? And he's like, make sure you keep him alive. At the end of the day, they're like, fuck it. We're going to just try and survive. They, they go around and end up shooting the little dinosaurs that hatch. They're like little munchkin T-Rexes. They're kind of cool, actually. Like, <laughs> I mean, for a, like, you know, for 30 day movie it's not bad. They So they shoot a little like a few of the babies. Then there's the mom and one of the other big ones that's left. And they're like, all right, like, what do we do? And they call Eric Roberts, say, like, the base is compromised. We're completely fucked. What do you do now? He's like, all right, I'm sending in an airstrike. You're all going to die. And then they're like, dear God, Thanks, what do we Eric. do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, dear God, what do we do? It's like, we have to contain this before the airstrike comes. Airstrike is on the way. They have the stun guns, which now they found a way to dial it down so it's not blowing their heads off. Because <laughs> yeah. why not, at the last minute, figure this out?
0: Wait, hold on. So they, they've they switched now. Like, the, 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 sho- the soldiers who decided they're just going to kill the dinosaurs, they're saying, okay, we're not going to kill them. But also Eric Roberts and the higher-ups, who didn't want to kill the dinosaurs, are sending an airstrike to kill the to dinosaurs. To kill them.
3: Yeah, cuz he's like fuck it. <laughs> they don't want it to be out in the public and they want to contain the situation. They don't okay. want their But to but be the soldiers
2: present. the soldiers now want to stun it. They don't want to kill it
3: so that they don't bomb the base and they can survive.
2: <laughs> so the, is, okay. <laughs> the option is the
3: option is they have an airstrike that blows up the whole base with them in it or they find a way to stun it. Then they so can tell they Eric don't... Roberts okay. to stop the airstrike and they'll be fine. Okay. This is the last.
2: This and Eric Roberts is thinking to himself, I told you so. You should have freaking stunned it at the start.
3: Well, I mean, they uh... are all dying, so I kind of get it. Like, I would have done the same thing personally. Anyway, so, yeah, but I get it. So they're, they're trying to find a way to stun the last two dinosaurs. They manage to do it. They call Eric Roberts the last two minutes of the movie. They're like, we stun them, call it off. There's, like, some issues with the, like, the communications between the fighter jet that's going to bomb them. It's, like, staticky. It's, like, hot, like stop. Airstrike. Airstrike. It's, like, you know, like, one of those That's really situations. good. <laughs> it's, like, he's trying to tell them to call off the airstrike, but they're just, like, you know, okay. Like, the airstrike's still on. So they're going. They're going <laughs> to bomb They're trigger them. happy. Yeah. Something happens. Ten seconds left. Eric Roberts is yelling on the phone in the same room that he's been in the whole movie, and they hear, "Oh, we'll call it off." They call it off. Movie's over. That, that's Yay! It. Yay! So, I will say this: obviously, the plot is shit and makes no sense. And the fact that like they just have these miraculous technological advances at very plot pertinent points, you know, not not the greatest, but. There was actually a little bit of action, I will say, sprinkled throughout the movie that I kind of liked. The dialogue was horrible. We'll say that. Like, listening to any, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, listening to the soldiers speak is actually painful. Like, they basically are just like, Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I'm an expert, ma'am. We got (laughs) this. Like, it's, it's that, like, for the whole time, I'm like, Oh God, please stop. Like, stop talking. But hey, as I Nina, love my temples.
2: Mina, about the action you mentioned. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious. Did they, was it fairly action filled? Or was there like a lot of moments where um, there was just people walking and just t- time oh. killing? Like what Paulo yeah. had mentioned.
3: Definitely a lot of time killing for sure. Yeah, okay. Like, like Just checking. <laughs> it would be space, like the action is space in between. I think the one thing that maybe, maybe like a little bit more interested is like, they kind of actually introduce the characters a little bit, and then they die. So it's like, okay, I okay, could get into this. Like Game of Thrones, Like you know how like you know like you you start to like understand a character like a little bit. I mean, Asylum.
0: Oh, they got version. backstories in your movie?
3: No, not really. Like <laughs> oh, okay. but like they they have a little bit more screen time, and you yeah, like like two might, minutes. Like,
2: like 2 minutes of, of bonding with somebody and just so that you can like know who they are kind of thing.
3: Yeah, and then they die, which is not great, yeah. but I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to salvage something from this. It, like <laughs> Yeah. Um all in all, I mean, I I'll say because I did watch Two-Headed Shark Attack, I actually thought this was better minus, you know, boobs and shark attack which could, if, if you took the boobs from Two-Headed Shark Attack, Put it in this movie. Maybe it would have been the best out of all four that we're going to talk about today. But uh,
1: yeah. You uh, you say that the plot doesn't make sense, but to be honest, that sounds like probably the most coherent plot of an asylum movie that I've heard so far.
3: Yep, yeah, maybe yeah. like yeah, like the it changes. Like I guess it's it's the sudden changing of like things. Like the gun doesn't work. The gun works. <laughs> the gun can now shoot multiple bullets. The gun can now stun. You know, like I think that's that's what I was like. What the fuck? But you're right. There there is like a bit of a trajectory. You're you're right, Carson. It,
0: it, you can. I think you can find the the point of the movie where they're like, oh, okay, we we just we need something to happen now. We're running out of time. Uh, we need to wrap up the movie. So the gun works now. Okay, good. That's it.
1: Yeah. Um, One question I do have for you, though, because you said this was 2022 and one of the the biggest differences I noticed between the more more recent Asylum movies versus some of the ones I watched from like mid 2000s is their ability to hide an action scene off screen in sound effects. So if they know they don't have good CGI and they can't have a dinosaur killing someone, did they ever have like, oh, no, we hear that happening off screen, but we don't actually see it? Did they have any yeah. of that in yours? Oh, tons of that. So the situation
3: I said where the Allosaurus kicks the trash can <laughs> that then hits the Claymore, the guy who, like, basically what happens is you see CGI Allosaurus kicking the trash can, you see the Claymore, like, spinning in the air, and then you see, the like, the guy's, like, lying on the ground bloody. Like, you don't, I, so, if that's, exa- I think that's what you're talking about. But yeah, that is it. But it's pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. Like, actually, (laughs) as bad as it was, that was probably an example of like bad, but entertaining bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of it that's just bad and boring. But that was like, actually, like, oh, God, like. So that was one of the
2: few good. Right. Memorable, fun parts.
3: Yeah. Like digestible. Yeah, Yeah. So thanks, Paula, for... Hey, you're welcome. I almost gave
0: you... Uh, I can't even remember what it was. It was some dragon movie, but that would... that's. I think it was one of the older ones as well, and I that wouldn't have been as good for sure. Okay. Um, so what... Oh, sorry. Sorry, I was just going to say, one other thing I noticed, because so you mentioned Eric Roberts, like... So any, anytime there's a familiar face in one of these movies, they're usually not doing a whole lot. Um, yeah. like Eric Roberts is in the 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 control room, just on the phone for the movie. Uh, Carmen Electra, like near the second half of my movie, she kind of she has like no lines. She's just standing and like watching everyone talk um, until she gets killed by the the tsunami. I'm curious to see if I don't well, I don't even know if there's any recognizable faces in your movies,
1: Dan and Carson, but. I, there is in mine, which I'll get into. I have a little bit different okay. take. But that's that's a very classic like B-movie cameo thing, where it's like, okay, yeah. you have this famous person for an afternoon, you get Eric <laughs> Roberts, and he says 10 lines on the phone, and that's that's it. Now he's in your movie. <laughs> on the phone.
2: <laughs> I, actually, <laughs> great. Mina, I was going to ask you about Eric Roberts as well. Um, did, he, did he have any – do you give any, like, speeches? No. Like, say, at no. the beginning of the – okay, because in mine, he gives, like, a little – intro speech and this is this is uh, i'll get into it obviously in a minute but he gives like a an intro speech then he gives like a at the closing of the movie at the end of the movie he he gives like a uh sort of an epilogue speech and okay interesting so it sounds like yeah he did even less than yours it was like it was like short phone calls i would say the scenes were like
3: probably like 30 seconds each except for that last one at the climax where he's trying to wave off the the bomb that it like kind of cuts back and forth
1: Like him to the pilot that's supposed to do the bombing run. Yeah, but no speeches at all. Maybe that's a good uh, segue to get into Dan's movie then. Um, (laughs) I gave you two, Dan. Which one did you end up, are you actually doing here? Are you doing Top Gunner or Atlantic Rim 2?
2: Oh, I have to pick one?
1: Okay, I'll pick one then. (laughs) Do you want to do both? Uh,
2: No, that's actually a good point. Just for the sake of everyone's sanity, uh, I'll just talk about one of them. Um, although I might mention just in the, during the course of our discussions about asylum movies in general, I might watch, or I might mention the other one. So maybe I'll just briefly mention the two that I, um, well, actually, how about you just, you mentioned the two and, uh, I'll get into the one
1: that I watched. Which, which one I am, just, am I introing then?
2: Well, intro, intro both of them. So okay. intro Top Gunner, I'll sure, talk sure. about Atlantic Rim too, but.
1: So we were picking movies for each other, and I wanted to pick Top Gunner for you, which is obviously a mockbuster of Top Gun, because uh, Top Gun is one of your favorite movies, and I thought it would just be fun for you to watch something that was a terrible, terrible ripoff of it. Um, I think you had mentioned to me that it was boring, as, as most Asylum movies are. Um, so I gave you the opportunity to do a second movie, which was Atlantic Rim 2 because in our first episode of asylum movies we watched Atlantic Rim 1 sorry Atlantic Rim 1 which was actually probably the worst movie i've ever seen in my life not an exaggeration it was by far like the poorest made and most boring thing i've ever seen and so i wanted to uh, give you the joy of watching another one of those and i was also genuinely curious to know how they do a sequel so if that is the one you're curious about i am curious to know if it actually is a sequel in any way
2: yeah 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 so i'm gonna spend most of this just talking about the second one about um atlantic rim 2 but yeah just just wanted to mention yeah so the other week i like watched top gunner first uh the other week um and yeah it was uh yeah it was really bad um but the interesting thing i'll just say the interesting thing is that um at least there was less of the whole standing like characters that awkwardly stand around where there's like time wastage. There's still that, but it seems like they fill a lot of that with the terrible CGI action scenes. Like it'll show them, you know, show them the dog fighting, which is that was, I thought, I thought to myself when I started, I was like, okay, how much of this is going to be stock footage of, of, of jets fighters, like flying around versus CGI. And it was all CGI. So it was all this terrible CGI dog fights. Um, and then uh, and then um, without getting too much into it, uh, it, it was just really awkward because it transitioned from like, and, oh, and there's also a, a trio. So I think the trio of like pilots or or, you know, commandos or whatever, I think I think they like their trios because it was like a trio of pilots. And um, uh, and of course, one of them dies uh, uh, at the beginning. They're fighting the Russians and one of them is like a wedge. I thought I thought a wedge for you guys because he totally does like a they're like a, oh no he gets he gets hit and then the one guy goes get out of there you're not doing any more good back there <laughs> and I thought oh, sorry Mina. <laughs> this this is kind of an inside thing and and i could have sworn i heard uh, almost like a whisper uh like a like a so, so, sorry <laughs> <laughs> uh no but anyway um he ended he ends up getting killed but um uh, yeah. So there's like, there's like a trio and then, and then the rest the other two end up fighting with the rest of the soldiers, like on the ground. So they kind of like only do the dog fighting for the first part of the movie. And then it's like a, 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 a fighting off the enemies, attacking the base part uh, later. But um, anyway, yes, bad. And I'm glad Carson recommended a second one because it was just, it, it was, I think Carson, you put it this way to me. It was just competently it, like it was just competent enough that it was more boring Rather than memorably bad, so uh, anyway, so then Carson recommended, as he said, um, *Atlantic Rim 2, which is actually called um, the the technical name is *Atlantic Rim Resurrection*. And so this this came out in twenty eighteen, um, and at the very start, so getting into the plot, uh, very start of it, it's like, you know, you got the 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 newscaster voice talking, and you got some like footage being shown of like monsters and attacking and stuff which would have been from the first one but they're like it's been 3 years since the events of uh, of you know of the monsters attacking and da 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 uh and you see like all these military forces kind of you know looking like they're on you know they're patrolling or the guy has his like um, binoculars and he's looking around and stuff and you see like navy like a navy naval fleet and stuff and so like everyone's on alert for for this to happen you know to prevent this from happening again um, and then so then it then it uh, it, it jumps to uh, a ship. I think I, I, I just in my notes here. It was the USS Virginia, patrolling 20 miles off the Atlantic coast. And uh, you know you got a couple like Navy guys, like a couple sailors, being like, uh, oh, you know, uh, nothing's been detected with our sonar. You know what is this? It's a waste <laughs> of time, of course. And then all of a sudden, boom! You know the one guy's like, oh. I'm getting a contact. What's this? And then, and then the, then this monster, this like you know giant monster, busts out of the water, smashes a battleship in two, and it's like you know with the awful the CGI, right? Where it just it shows it like way in the distance, right? So the ship is like kind of just this small little, um, like you're playing uh, like you're playing battleship, like a small little like <laughs> a model uh, kind of that's that far away, and you just kind of see the monster like really poorly CGI smash it in half. Um yeah and then opening credits uh and so then it 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 explains that now we're off the coast uh or we're near Miami and uh and navy ships you know they open fire with their guns to little effect um yeah and then then you see the monster the monster gets to shore and starts terrorizing things and it looks like it looks like um the bug the the or the bugs from uh Starship Troopers really reminds me of that look if you can picture that and also reminds me of the bug also yeah also called the bug from men in black 1 the the villain oh the cockroach one like the genocide. yeah he, so it looks like yeah it looks like a co- it's it's really it's really funny because uh and i suspect that because of the rushed nature of of this of th- this these fil- of making these films that because they the the characters often were called them like the spiders and but they're not spiders. They have six legs, right? They don't even look like spiders. So I have a funny feeling that like you know <laughs> they'd written that before they'd done the CGI, so they didn't even know what they looked like when they were you know rec- like filming the movie. So, uh, but yes, um, and then then it cuts to like these three three pilots because this is you know this is a spoof on of course uh, Pacific Rim, uh, so it it cuts to you know these three like robot giant robot pilots in a bar talking about how you know, oh no, this new crisis and, you know, are they afraid? And of course the one's all badass, like, no, I'm not afraid. F that, (laughs) fuck that, bring it on. And then, you know, but then the squad leader, he's, I actually liked him the best out of all the characters. He was like, he was like, his acting actually wasn't as bad. Uh, It was actually not not bad at all. Uh, How he's like, yeah, I'm afraid. He's like, are you afraid? And and then he's like, yeah, I'm afraid. And then the da-da-da-da-da. It was actually a surprising, like, heart-to-heart moment that I wasn't expecting from an Asylum film. Uh, so anyway, then, then, um, then it, then it jumps to this like military science, the science guy Uh, in my notes. I wrote technical genius guy, um, who is apparently the guy, guy. what was that? The ghost science guy. Yeah. Yeah. He, right. (laughs) So science guy, that's what we'll call him. Uh, he's one of the, he's like the main character basically. And so he's the guy who, um, you know, kind of designed or redesigned anyway, the, uh, the giant robots, Uh, So he's, he's like the expert on them. So anyway, then the military brings him in and, uh, and then he goes, then they go on about how there's like, like the the neural interface, right. That he designed the neural interface between the pilots and the robots, right. How that's, there's like a problem with it and, um, how there's all this lag. Like they they talked about how, um, uh, he's like, oh, you use the wrong OS. Like he yells at the military (laughs) for using the wrong (laughs) OS. He's like, using Windows XP for their well, uh... well, because he's like he's like he's like what did what are you doing? This should be on Python. I'm thinking (laughs) to myself, but Python isn't an OS. Wait, he actually said that? Yeah, he actually said Python, (laughs) and I thought I thought to myself, oh, that's hilarious. Um, but anyway, he, I forgot what OS he said, like he said that they did and they did it wrong. It was something made up by the sounds of it. But anyway, and then that was really kind of funny. So like, oh, no, the pilots are going to experience crazy lag when they're piloting this thing. <laughs> and so anyway, this, <laughs> so then they're like, OK, then they, then they bring in then the three pilots that were introduced in the, you know, another scene earlier that I mentioned. So then they show up and uh, and then, you know, then then the pilots are like. Cause he the scientist guy tries to convince them like you know this a death sentence you can't go in there the, the leg will kill you and they're like they're like we have to you know um the world's at stake and it's what we train for and da 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 so then he's then they then they go and then you see some of the terrible um c g i of the ro- of the robots flying toward you know flying in the sky and over the city the over the city and stuff um so uh let's see um yeah, so then they then they fly over to the alien, but then of of course the the monster, but of course the um the 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 lag time is causing problems. You know the pilots are like going, oh this lag is horrible, ah. And I feel like that might have been a clever way for the film, well not a well clever quote unquote way for the filmmakers to have account for the shoddy special effects, because you know how the, like the special effects are just like, you know really awkward. Like you know you'll see a giant robot kind of like awkwardly fly to the side and then like awkwardly lift its guns and shoot and stuff. And I wonder if that was a way for them to try to be like, explain like why it's so blocky and so, yeah, so, so shoddy. I think you're giving them too much credit, Dan. <laughs> maybe I am. Yeah, maybe I am. But I
1: mean,
2: <laughs> yeah. Ultimately the CGI was sluggish looking as you'd imagine with a low budget. Um. So let's see. Then they shoot the giant, you know, cockroach bug looking thing with rockets. It goes down, but then, then the, then the, you know, the general guys like, move in make sure it's dead and so then they go in closer and of course it gets up <laughs> it gets back up and uh let's see then it kills it takes out the main guy the guy who i mentioned the squad leader the guy who i mentioned i actually kind of liked his character that it, it kills him because it, it knocks down his robot then he kind of suffocates inside because the robot shuts down he just dies he suffocates um, inside yeah something about like it, it crashed on the ground and because it shut down it's like I don't know it's like the air conditioner shut <laughs> down too or something he just died because because when this happens the scientist guy and the other military people like they're like oh we got to save him so then they drive <laughs> out and they drive to the robot and go in to try to save him and then they find he's dead and that's seat. what like, that's it, what it, you it,
0: always want to see in your giant robot versus monster movie when someone dies it's cuz they suffocated.
2: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man it was a little weird um but, uh, but yeah, his name was Hammer, too. I kind of liked his call signs. So he was Hammer. So Hammer's dead. And the other two pilots, Bugs and Badger, uh, they managed to take out the monster. But then all of a sudden, the monster bursts open, like it just kind of like blows up, and a swarm of miniature versions, all just like a huge swarm, just come out and they just like swarm over the city. And so they're they're like they're like maybe the size of like a large dog. Just picture picture that. So like the, these like, you know, cockroach looking creatures are running around. There's tons of them. Uh, and so then then the, the cast is like, OK, what do we do, do now? And um, and there, there, so there's a there's another science chick at the at the base. And of course, her and the dude science guy, <laughs> um, of course, they kind of like originally start off like, you know, with this like rivalry. Right. They They, they like they're like all like you know, sussing each other out. Uh, but then she says she's like the biological expert. And so he, she's the biological expert and he's like the the expert with the robots. And so then she's like, okay, it's time to implement phase two, which is biological warfare. So she's like, and then, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's really smart. So you're going to like drop some contagion and, and maybe you'll kill the aliens, but then you'll like kill all the people too, <laughs> like, uh, that sounds like a way better solution. Cause she's like, she's like, she's like, Oh, we have to do this because if we send in the military and they like fight the creatures, that'll cause way too much civilian casualties. <laughs> and, and so I'm let's like, just okay, gas them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just gas them or drop like fucking, you know, pathogens on them, viruses on them. Yeah. That's <laughs> smart. So Anyway, so then then she says, but then she's like, okay. In order to do this, because you know the general's like says, okay, fine. So then, in order to do this, they have to capture one because she needs to like you know autopsy it and figure out how to make her pathogen work on it. So then they, they end up. I'm kind of gonna skip this. It's just kind of silly. They you know they start they they fight a few of the soldiers and the doctor guy fights, kills a few of them and whatever. Um, so then they get one, and uh, and they take its corpse and and she cuts it up and and so then she can uh, she does the autopsy and discovers that the creature is not a carbon-based life form meaning it's an it's an alien right and um, she also discovers that it has a gland which absorbs salt from the ocean and and it kind of secretes it through the body when needed right um, so it's almost like it's uh, it needs it just like how humans well humans need salt too right but humans you know it's it's, it's kind of like that where it just it needs it to survive. And so, um, and she suggests that if she can come up with a way to suppress the gland, the, the, this this gland that's you know uh, converting the salt or or, or or absorbing the salt, if she can do that instead of releasing an actual virus or, or a pathogen, that would be way better because it would spare the world from a potential environmental disaster. And that was actually so. I just the reason I'm mentioning this is because that actually really surprised me in terms of like. Um, I don't want to say cleverness, but in terms of like plot development, there's some thought that,
0: put in there. Yeah, there's some I'm...
2: thought, and it actually kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, overall, this movie was dumb, right? <laughs> just like all, just like all of them. But that was actually kind of surprising. I was like, oh wow, that actually, that actually. Mina, kind can you makes comment sense. on the science? <laughs> I, I kind
3: of like that
2: actually. That's kind of cool. Yeah, like, yeah.
3: That, you know you, you release a virus into the like environment that's like the start of every zombie movie isn't it like you know right. something like that but this is like it's thinking a step beyond that to be more like targeted
2: yeah and... let's target just this this like non-carbon based species yeah. Yeah, i think <laughs> i it's meant more cool. like th- I... does the science hold up <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, if it's an alien, you can make up whatever you want. But Terra sure, Black, like, <laughs> I, I think it flies if it's not carbon-based. You know, if it's silicon-based or something, then well, sure, the, magic I, I guess can maybe happen. what
2: maybe what doesn't fly is how quickly she's able to like whip up something because it's literally like you know a matter of minutes. So because yeah. <laughs> well cause they, she, they were running out of time in uh, in the thirty-day clock. The, yeah, probably. So then, yeah, then basically it ends. We ca- where um uh they end up using the bots right because the bots you know as i said earlier they went out and they fought one of them was taken down right uh so then there's two left and so they end up using the the final two bots as a way to deploy this like modified pathogen um and the one pilot he ends up getting injured of course and he sacrifices himself to distract the 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 the, the giant bug so that the other guy can shove so the the pathogen is like in his um uh it, they, they 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 outfitted it into the flamethrower of the <laughs> of of the of the bot so it's like you know it's it's in a flamethrower in his right arm and so all of a sudden but of course you know it doesn't work he's like Gosh. oh shit the, the weapon system's malfunctioning so then he ends up like you know doing like a, a a fucking ramming speed run uh punches it in the in the throat jams his arm down its throat and then releases the pathogen
0: oh my god uh, this is the tomorrow war <laughs> I don't know if you've seen that movie that yeah, I have on Prime. It kind oh my god, does
3: remind me of that.
0: It ends it's... exactly the same way except it's Chris Pratt's arm and a, he's punching a, a like an, an alien to death and in this one it's like a it's a robot but it's the same concept.
3: And his dog like, is the sign. It's his arm
0: with uh, like a with a with a pathogen on it like that kills the alien and he's like punching it to death. Wow, <laughs> this was ahead of its time.
2: Yeah, 2018, man. Maybe 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 uh, Tomorrow War or... Like rip this off. <laughs> actually, I don't know. I think Tomorrow <laughs> War came out before that, actually. No, 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 uh, that, that's, no, no. no Tomorrow so. War that that was like a pandemic. pandemic a year ago or two. Yeah, that was. Wasn't that twenty twenty one?
1: Let's ask yeah, Google. I watched that You're movie right, and I do not remember that ending. Twenty twenty
2: one. It
3: is twenty twenty one. You're absolutely yeah. right. Okay, my bad. Wow. No, but like Tomorrow the whole War ripped so ripped off Asylum. Studio? I mean, even like even the whole part of um
0: instead of. um like gassing the whole city or like poisoning the whole city, but like capturing one of the aliens to find out like to synthesize a uh yeah. like a, a poison against it, that's all into Tomorrow War. <laughs> Those are like you, like main plot. Yeah. Points. Interesting. Well
2: there, there you have it. There you have it folks.
0: Does that mean this is really good or Tomorrow War is really bad?
3: <laughs> Maybe they're both bad, but
2: it, it, it brings down both of them with this revelation. <laughs> But uh, I would say that this... Okay, Carson, you said earlier that um, Atlantic Rim 1 was like one of the worst films you've ever seen. Uh, you know what? This, this was better than Top Gunner. I know I didn't get too much into Top Gunner, but that's, you know, because of time. But uh, this, I would honestly say, was a bit better. That Surprisingly, the characters were a little bit more likable, a little bit more interesting. Like Like, I actually cared... A tiny bit for the characters whereas in top gunner as well as the 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 um two asylum movies i had to watch for our last the last episode we did on asylum at least at least with this one i actually cared a little bit about the characters so maybe yeah and and yes to, as i said to answer your question you know it is a direct sequel um so scarson i think you should check it out man you should Put <laughs> this on your on your to watch list. So you
1: said like it like it, it's a sequel because it follows the events of the first one, but I noticed that there's no returning characters from the first movie.
2: <laughs> so I, you know what? I actually never did see the first one. Uh, I know you did with, with our last the last episode that we the, the last asylum episode. But I actually watched two others. But uh, I, really, because I thought the doctor, the scientist guy might would have been in the first one but no none of the characters i just
1: there. checked the cast and there's no returning either like not even a character name being the same with a different actor it seemed like they were all different really you know right. what's it interesting was three
3: years after
1: carson they had you know they, went, they moved they on
3: Lives. They
2: they moved
1: <laughs> i actually don't even remember if all the characters died in the first movie because that's a possibility as well um I,
2: I, I think didn't one of them sacrifice like blow up a nuke probably to, because to take out the monster
1: the sacrifice plays is like a very common asylum theme like that's their way of drawing emotion it's like have a character sacrifice themselves so that would not surprise me uh, well this thing...
0: I, I Oh, sorry i was just gonna say really quick carson i think that this guy is probably one of their better uh sorry the the guy who wrote uh atlantic rim the two i guess i can't remember what the title is yeah but just call it that He's probably, he's probably one of their the better Asylum writers, because he also wrote Jurassic Domination and Top Gunner.
2: Oh. He's learning. They're yeah. T- yeah, they're turning the corner.
0: Sorry, that's all, of course.
1: Any last comments on uh, Atlantic Rim 2, Dan? Um.
2: Yeah... It, yeah you know what just to comment on the uh like further evidence of of it being i guess in 30 days and low budget yeah it's it's interesting how they they don't you never see much of the monster or monsters actually destroying anything you know what i mean like you just and, and also i thought it kind of funny in in well in both of the movies i watched where you never see uh you never there's hardly any extras it's like you think there'd be police and military and like just all these people running around town and stuff but like it's like a ghost town it's like there's nobody <laughs> there and and the same with the top gunner it's like they're at this military base and there there's like nobody there so they're, it's like we're training new pilots at this base but there's only like the fucking 3 of them so anyway i, guess I think that's, that's a recurring theme dan because like mina's oh, was on a, a, like a
0: isolated military base um the what's it called two-headed shark attack even when they were on an island it was an abandoned fishing village for some reason so that's uh good good to explain away the lack of uh lack of of people actors Uh, yeah
1: actually uh, one question i did have for you is one of the thing that i remembered from the first movie was the inside of the robot was just somebody in a room with black walls like there wasn't even like tv screens or anything else like what was the inside of the robots uh it
2: was mostly it was mostly like that but but he was they were they were standing uh no wait yeah they were in like a chair but and they were they were just um manipulating these like joystick in like in each hand like a stick was was that was that kind of how i I feel like that's a bit of an
1: upgrade from the first movie (laughs) okay
2: yeah because it, it is a room like like when you say black walls, you mean like you literally don't see any wall like you don't see anything. It's just like a black pretty much yeah room. OK, because you actually like they're they're in an enclosure. So, yeah, I would say that it is like, you know what I mean? Like it, it can kind of resemble like you're in some sort of cockpit. um So, yeah, I think I think I agree. I think it's a, a bit of an upgrade.
1: Yeah, Atlantic Rim was, I think, one of their earlier ripoffs. So it was like in the very early days. So I assumed that this one they had stepped it up at least a little bit. Um, all right, so now we'll move on to our fourth and final movie, uh, which was Dracula: The Original Living Vampire. Dan, why did you choose this one for me?
2: Uh, well, um, there wasn't really any horror, so uh, I thought uh, I thought I would change it up. Well,
1: that does That's it. it. Um. The, uh, the plot I'll be able to speak through pretty quickly because there, there really isn't much of one. And also it's a ripoff of Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, which hopefully you guys have some familiarity with. Um, I'm going to call it a quote unquote modern remake of Bram Stoker's Dracula. I have to put the modern in quotation marks because I have no idea what time frame this movie is supposed to be set in. And this is something that I didn't realize until about halfway into the movie because, okay, so just to uh, kind of describe the characters, um, you, you have most of the characters uh, that you have in the t- traditional Bram Stoker's Dracula. You have Van Helsing, Jonathan Harker, Mina as like the love interest, um, except the twist is that Van Helsing is Amelia Van Helsing, and she is the one who's in love with Mina because they're a lesbian couple. And Van Helsing is like a police investigator, very much like a Sherlock Holmes type. And so those two things, a woman in a police role and a lesbian, like an open lesbian relationship, would tell you this is not like the 1600s or the 1700s because that would not fly back then or even like the early 1900s. So I just kind of assumed as the movie started that this was, you know, modern day retelling of Bram Stoker's Dracula but I noticed about halfway through the movie that there was not a single piece of electronic technology in the movie. Like there's everything that they like, the language that they use and the clothes that they wear, you could interpret it as being either today or 70 years ago. Uh, Because like they have newspapers and like, not a lot of people read newspapers these days, but newspapers do technically still exist. Um, They refer to people in a company as like the business partners. And it's like, okay, Business partners existed in businesses in the 1800s. Um, but uh, yeah, just at a certain point, I realized like, oh, no one's taken out a phone. There's no computers. There's no like I, everyone's reading books. Um, but it doesn't like it's, it's kind of hard to say because the whole thing just takes place in rooms. And it's like you can't really get a sense of like what the world is around. Um, so you have like the lesbian relationship and the female cop. But everyone's kind of dressed as if it's like a Sherlock Holmes remake. So like 1850s. But the gun that the cop uses, Van Helsing, is like a World War II-era Luger, like a German pistol. And so I'm like, halfway through this movie, I'm like, what decade does this take place in? What century does this (laughs) take place in? I have no idea. Um, So I thought that that was fun, but not that it really impacts the movie much. But yeah, it was like, everyone's dressed like the 1800s. They have guns from the mid-1950s, and the people seem like they're from modern day.
0: They're they're just working with the props that they got. They were like, "Here, you take these clothes in that I found yeah. in this room. Take the one gun that I could find in this room. Do what you can with it."
1: <laughs> yeah. What so aside from that, it, it follows the pretty similar like Bram Stoker. Oh, I guess it doesn't follow it exactly. <laughs> um, the um the, the plot is Amelia Van Helsing is a detective for the police force. Um, there's a string of murders where these and always naked women lying on a bed um there's a lot of nudity in these movies um with like two holes in their neck and no blood in their body and it's like what's happening here like how could you possibly drain the blood from like that um and jonathan harker who is like the keanu reeves character from the the original bram stoker movie um he's like some superstitious chemist who does the science but also believes in like all these like Nostradamus and like books like that. So he's like, it's gotta be vampires. And everyone's like, no, you're crazy. It's not vampires. That's, that's just a a legend type thing. Um, but yeah, so it kind of goes back and forth between Amelia Van Helsing, who's the lead detective and Jonathan Harker, who's like her friend slash chemist slash superstitious person, um, trying to figure out what's going on. The, uh, the best character in this movie is Michael Ironside, so Michael Ironside recently passed away. Um, this was one of the last movies that he did. He did not look like a very healthy individual, but he, he was doing a professional job as an actor, providing a legitimate character. I don't think anyone told him what the script was or what he was supposed to say or what the tone of any scene was. He would just start making jokes and saying things, which was more <laughs> interesting than what else was going in the movie. It didn't match. But he was at least doing an acting thing. And I appreciate his professionalism <laughs> for, for making an attempt in this movie. Um, but basically he was the... He's like the coroner. Which, again, like an 1800s coroner. Like going through books and looking at bodies type thing. Um, he, he would keep calling are like detective on a rotary phone. So again, not really sure what time frame this is, uh, but he would be looking at the bodies that come in and say, Oh, I noticed this thing. And you know, the chemistry matches the only animal that's out there is a bat that could do this type of thing. Um, <laughs> eventually Michael Ironside gets like killed by one of the other captains who's working with Dracula. Um, I will mention captains. There's like a captain of the police force who it turns out is like Van Helsing's boss who turns out to be on the side of Dracula the whole time.
2: Oh, Um, shit.
1: Yeah, so there's this whole, like...
2: He's got a human thrall.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, what was I going to say? So, one thing I noticed in this movie is that whoever made it does not really know where the human heart is located because when they're killing vampires, they would make a point of saying, you have to put a wooden stick through their heart and then people would get proceeded to be stabbed in the stomach and it like not once, but like four or five times in a row, it's like stab him (laughs) through the heart and then in the stomach. That's like, he did it. Um, So that was, that was entertaining. Um, So I watched like Dan, I watched multiple asylum movies recently and then also was on our first one. And one of the things I noticed, the biggest improvement that asylum has made over the years was the side characters got a little more interesting. Like, in these movies, you have the eccentric bad guy or something like this, um, some type of character that just adds a little bit of flavor to the movie. In the other movies that I watched, they did better at that. And the movie and the character that you should have as that character in this movie would be Dracula. He's, he's Dracula. Like you think about uh, Gary Oldman in the original Bram Stoker's Dracula, he did all this wonderful, weird performances. Um, the guy who plays Dracula in this movie is just some European guy who has no personality whatsoever. So an, an unfortunate uh, miss in this movie where they had an opportunity. But yeah, he was just weird European guy.
0: They should have cast Michael Ironside as Dracula.
1: They if should. they could get him on uh, set
0: for more, longer than a day.
1: Michael Ironside was on set. He's probably about 300 pounds at this point in his life. Uh, Probably would have been a more entertaining Dracula, I agree. (laughs) Um, So yeah, basically they just, they go back and forth with uh, investigating. They eventually find out it's him. Um, Dracula is pursuing Van Helsing's female fiancee. they do make a point of taking advantage of the, the lesbian relationship by having a very gratuitous love scene in the middle of the movie for absolutely no reason. Um, but yeah, that's the whole, like the plot is centered around they're investigating these killings, but Dracula has taken interest in Van Helsing's fiance. Um, he eventually takes her to, I don't know what you want to call it, his lair or whatever. So they got to go save her. And then they do. And then, the fiance just like opens the curtain and Dracula dies because he's at some, <laughs> it's very, that's how, that's
0: how they defeat Dracula. Just. but not
1: before the entrance to the lair, which is like, they walk in and there's like four or five topless women just like feeding on men randomly. And then again, they have to stab them all through the stomach to kill them. <laughs> um, but yeah, so not the worst asylum movie I've ever made. Um, Michael Ironside makes it a little bit better than what it, it could have been. Uh, but again, the most interesting fact to me through the whole thing was just trying to figure out what era this was supposed to be in because every scene was different.
0: Where do, like where did they film this? Because like was it like in old-timey buildings or It was all
1: like it, everything was indoors. So you can't go oh. outside and you don't get a sense of, like, what the street is like. It's just, like, <laughs> in somebody's living room. Every scene is just, like, a different living room.
2: Oh. Well, presumably because the vampires can't go outside. Well, if it's night, I guess it doesn't matter. But
1: but he's barely the in the movie. Like, Dracula is not in the movie that much. And so huh. you could. Um, the biggest, uh, like, set that they have is they actually have, like, a coroner's office where Michael Ironside is examining bodies but everything else is literally just a living room somewhere Hmm. that
2: sounds quite different from the stuff that the rest of us watched like way different because yeah yeah, for us it was all like outdoors and
1: yeah Yeah, i noticed because yeah i saw because they're in la they have forests right nearby them in california so they take advantage of the forests in a lot of other movies but or a warehouse i've noticed they do a lot of warehouses as well Yeah, but this one, all living rooms. It's
0: just the the houses of each
1: of the actors in the movie. I I think it was an attempt to do a period piece. Like, I think that they were trying to do a Sherlock Holmes remake of Dracula that was supposed to be the late 1800s. And so, obviously, you can't go outside in, like, modern-day L.A. because, obviously, you're not going to dress up a whole street (laughs) the way a professional movie does. Why not? You got 30 days. <laughs> I remember um, living downtown Toronto when Suicide Squad came into town and they like redid all of Yonge Street. Uh, I was like, I don't think Asylum has the budget to, uh, to redo a street uh, uh, to shoot a period piece. But yeah, that would be my guess. If I had to take a guess at what era this was supposed to be, I think it was supposed to be in the late 1800s. But again, whatever they were aiming for was very poorly executed. I would That's, uh... you recommend this to anyone. <laughs> so going back to one of the points you made earlier in the movie, the boob to quality ratio was probably highest in this than anything else. Wow.
3: I, I was going to get to that as a very specific question. Mina's but going to so watch I do went tonight. right
1: to it. So
3: thank you, Carson. I, I will say it's
1: host. mostly... <laughs> Dead women like on the coroner's office table, so not like (laughs) gratuitous nudity. Do you like, but do you like dead boobs?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh god, I I like dead boobs a little bit less than life. I'm actually a lot less, that's kind of weird. Um, but also, isn't there a scene you said there's a scene where there's like female vampires that are like their boobs are out and they're like attack. like you know, it's a pretty quick
1: scene, but there is, as I mentioned, a very gratuitous lesbian scene that does take its time. Right, okay,
3: okay, and it takes time. Interesting. They're branching out in terms of
2: their (laughs) 12-year-old children here. (laughs)
3: Uh,
0: There's one other thing, I I mean, not so much with Carson's movie, but I noticed, like, I I guess it also, again, feeds into the whole, like, timing of, okay, we we got to get this out before this movie comes out, especially with Atlantic Rim, um, where they probably see what the movie is about in the trailer obviously they don't have all the details of like what it's about but then they have oh okay so there's there's giant monsters there's giant robots and the 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 robot pilots have to use some like mental or like psychic yeah, neural link. neural yeah. Link yeah. thing yeah whatever else the movie's about we don't know so we can't copy it that much but this is what we know and let's build we around just it make it up that's right yeah
2: and, and, and then the like jurassic thing...
0: oh. yeah okay Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to say,
2: and the, the funny thing is that Top Gunner came out in twenty twenty, and that's when Top Gun Maverick was supposed to come out originally. But of course, COVID delayed it, and so right. they actually they actually did a Top Gunner, a sequel to Top Gunner. There's two Top Gunners. It's called Dangerous and the second Zone. one, that that's right. And, and, this, <laughs> <laughs> and the second one, which you know, I, I did not watch that one. Uh, the second one came out just last year in twenty twenty two when maverick came out so it's like they're like oh maverick's coming out 2022 so we gotta do another one to to to, to match that
1: so that one top gunner danger zone is actually the first asylum movie to get a theatrical to get to release yeah i think they had like six What? <laughs> six. So
0: they graduated yeah. from from tricking people online or in video stores and some poor hapless grandmas actually bought Bought tickets to a movie to watch Top Gun and ended up watching Top Gunner,
2: Danger Zone. So,
1: to, to your point at the beginning about <laughs> we're never going to do an episode three of this, I'm curious to see where Asylum would be uh, we at are. Like, ten years from now, because seeing where they've come, it was the things that we watched the, in our first episode. I would hesitate to even call them movies, like they were really the bottom bottom of the barrel of what you could ever consider a movie to be. And now they're doing things which I would consider to be bad movies, but I would consider them to be a movie. And so that's like, like, a,
2: like an actual B movie or a yeah. C movie,
1: which makes them more boring. But I wonder <laughs> if in 10 years they could actually make like an OK movie.
0: I think the question is, would they want to?
2: because like this is their brand. Well, right? they might need they'll need more than 30 days. <laughs> you know I think they I mean? are like, trying they to make really an wanna...
1: actual movie, but I'm interested in it from like an operational efficiency perspective. If yeah. if an organization can become like whoever that person is that edits sound on every single movie, like they have 1 week to put the entire sound effects on every movie that they do, like then they're just turning them out if those pre- people can become so efficient at their job and so good that they could actually do a half decent quality of sound design in a week, because this is like a conveyor belt of movie design.
2: Yeah, no, we won't need people. We'll have AI. <laughs> we'll have chat. GPT. We'll do yeah. it.
0: Or maybe maybe these are all the editors that, uh, that the, the type of editors that Disney is looking for.
1: <laughs> funny i saw an interview with somebody who edits their movies and they're like yeah he's going to try directing because he's already edited more movies in his like the first five years of his career than most editors do in their entire lifetime because they're just like constantly churning out a movie every month
0: yeah yeah and th- those are the timelines that uh that disney works on as well i don't know if you've heard about that like kind right. of controversy with disney and like paying their their cgi people and editors like animators and stuff like j- that j- just go like at breakneck speed yeah like there's a whole thing about how they're mis i, I, I don't know about mistreating should i even be badmouthing disney they could just they're crush no, us but hookers. yeah <laughs> that's true yeah. um but uh yeah it's a whole thing about like oh everyone wants to get these contracts with disney because it's disney but then when they're actually working for disney it's like okay these are like they're they're really cheap um, they have unreasonable timelines. the The working relationship is horrible. You gotta work sixteen hour days. Yeah, like to, <laughs> and they they're always changing things, so you have to like whatever work you've done that could be changed at a moment's notice. But you can't like you can't speak out about it or you can't fail because if you do, it's again it's Disney and you're blackballed from the entire industry, right? So, so like,
1: so it's funny. I know somebody from. Vancouver, who is on one of the company that worked on either Black Panther, or one of the other ones, like Ant-Man. And it seems like part of the payment that Disney does to make it all OK is to put them in the credits because I had like four or five people that I saw their LinkedIn post and I'm sure they hated their job because I've heard these stories as well where Disney is like terrible to work for. But it's like, oh, you're the marketing manager for the company. And of those 5000 names you see at the end of a Disney movie in the credits, it's like, oh, I'm I'm one of them. So, everything's okay yeah. because my name is on the credits of a Marvel movie. That's some consolation. <laughs> Do
3: they pay well? Because, I mean, I think about Amazon, it's the same thing. You no, know, Shay, so work at Amazon, and you have horrible conditions, but apparently they pay more than the industry standard. We're just
0: firing shots at everyone today.
3: <laughs> uh, you know what? This be <laughs> Who's next? Your Facebook. Podcast. Let Nada. them all come to you. Then they'll like throw you shade. You'll get like 10 next yeah. viewers. <laughs> I'm here to make,
1: you know, make you guys famous. That That's how Asylum built their brand. They uh, they copied movies. Then those movies did a bunch of lawsuits against them. And that's how people heard about more okay. of their movies.
0: Do we want to be the Asylum of, of podcasts? <laughs> We're it's talking okay. about Asylum now, aren't we? Well, uh, I mean... Carson keeps jokingly mentioning or maybe half jokingly mentioning that we might do another asylum episode in the, in the, in the future. Um, that, Carson, that might be the first idea from you that I, that I turned down <laughs> or bow out from.
1: Yeah, I, I think I learned my lesson after this one. I think the first time we did it, I was like, these are going to be so bad. It's funny. And then they were boring. And then for some reason I thought, again, they got to be funny this time because they're so bad. And they're just boring. So <laughs> the Carson, have to, like re-listen to this to remember that they're just boring.
2: Carson, your curiosity is going to get the better of you in five years, right? You mentioned 10 years. I wonder where they'll be. But
1: I bet in five years you're going to be like,
2: oh, I wonder.
1: It, it'll take a revisit. that I hear about. Like if there's some asylum movie in the news that everyone's talking about and it's like, oh, you got to see this one. It's so bad. It's funny. Maybe. Maybe it brings me back. But I don't think I would just out of nowhere say, "You know what? Let's do another asylum movie." Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um. Okay. Well,
0: I. I mean, thank you guys for for joining us on this on this journey. Um, I think it's 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 a historical moment in our podcast because uh, I think we've agreed that we will not do another one of these, <laughs> um, themed. Uh, episodes but I uh, appreciate you uh suffering with us over the last week. Um yeah keep uh if you if you liked what you heard, like and subscribe. <laughs> I don't know what to say <laughs> uh follow us on uh, on Instagram at the, the fan and the critic uh, um, and uh, keep up to date with our future episodes. Okay, bye <laughs>